City King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome in, everybody, to the Q Code Podcast. Another wonderful week of questions answered. I'm one of your hosts, Travis. I've got Danny and Alan with me. How you doing, guys? Good. Wonderful. How are you guys? The Q coders. As we <laughs> no, like to call are, you yeah, address- are you addressing the people that can't answer back? <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? <laughs> it's awfully quiet. <laughs> but uh, yes, yes. Welcome into the Q Code podcast. We're we're happy to be here another week. We've got a good show for you today. But like always, going to start off with a with a little something something just to kind of get the uh, the conversation flow going. And I have a really important question. I am, uh, you know, if you follow our Instagram page or or Facebook page, I guess we also have a Twitter, but I'm really horrible at Twitter. I'm just going to admit it. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. I think, don't our things post kind of in Twitter when you do it? Oh, or? they do. Oh, okay. I, I know they post in there. I just don't get, like, I don't know. I never go in Twitter, but... That's because we're not famous, so <laughs> only famous people know how to work Twitter. But anyway, so I am doing the posts basically what each uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday leading up to our episode. I do a post to kind of get people ready and uh, to know what's up, what's coming. And I posted something this week, and uh, I'm a little disappointed because I I'm pretty sure because of what it was, a lot of people didn't like it. And Alan, you usually share the things that I post. I did. I've you shared did all not. of them, haven't I? No, you did not. What? Trump's head. Oh, that one. <laughs> I'm almost positive. <laughs> and and Daniel, your yes. wife normally likes everything that uh, that we post on our social media, but there was nothing. From your wife, no likes. She is uh, <laughs> not the biggest fan of I w- Trump. I just want to point out. You did say whether you're a fan or not in the post. I don't even care for Trump. And I just picked it because I thought it was funny. His his head is like a seashell. Oh, you're right. I didn't. <laughs> I just looked and I, re- I didn't repost that. I think that. of <laughs> anything we've ever posted, that one got the least amount. I know. And you know, I thought about it beforehand. I was like, are people going to think like I'm I'm actually like posting something about Trump? <laughs> I was like, it has to do with the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> Like, what does Trump and the Fibonacci sequence have in common? <laughs> Literally nothing. Just somebody decided to put that little seashell thing over his head. The way you said that, though, almost sounded like Trump. Literally nothing. Wait, that's not how Trump sounds. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget. I'm not who, good at Who is this voices. Fibonacci anyways? If I... Does he have a billion dollars? You're fired. <laughs> I know. It's I huge. You fired. Is this Fibonacci character from China? Who are you? Trump. That's Trump. Isn't that how he says it? China. <laughs> China. I don't know. Fibonacci was a loser. <coughs> anyway, that's obviously. More like, that's more like a mob guy. I know. <laughs> Fibonacci just tried to make rabbits. <laughs> 
I came up with numbers <laughs> that match Trump's head, which led to the golden ratio. You're fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's all I really wanted to say. I was it was funny because before I I posted it, I was like, I don't. I just people are going to think that I'm actually posting something about Trump, but I just thought it was funny. At first, I was going to say that. Well, maybe it's just that people don't, and I I still think this is true but i don't think a lot of people read like what we actually write which i know you put thought into it whenever i like write like the show notes or i write anything i put a lot of thought into it it always makes me wonder how many people actually read them please read our words because <laughs> we try so, so hard to like make them witty and funny and I love the descriptions that I put for my the dreamisodes. I actually do. I like those. I like I the descriptions I do for our episodes. Like it just depends. I mean, everything we put a lot of work and time and thought into it. And then yeah, I'm sure people just saw a picture of Trump. But I on the picture it says what is the Fibonacci sequence, right? Or yeah. What's so special about the Fibonacci? What's so special about the yeah. Fibonacci sequence? And people are probably just looking at it, they're like, that that's Trump. That's not Fibonacci. <laughs> <laughs> Trump so. and Fibonacci look a lot alike. But anyway, well, so, speaking of social medias and uh, those type of platforms, oh. um, I think we have some shout outs, don't we? We do have some shout outs. We uh, wanted to shout out to a couple of people. We've done this uh, on a previous episode as well, but we have a couple others we'd just like to share the love with since they've uh, shared a little with us in the form of content or comments and yes we love comments and i mean it just gives us an opportunity to talk with you guys we love the- comments follows subscribes ratings anything really that just gives us some kind of attention or some kind of feeling that you guys are out there actually that you actually care and that you actually listen so we're not just talking to each other because trust me we, we could do this without over, microphones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it over the phone. But no, for all shout out to Megan Givens. Uh, uh, she's been an active user on Instagram. So keep up the good work. Follower, and, user? Well, I'm sure she's following us on Instagram, but she's been commenting. Active user. Just sounds weird that yeah. way. But. She's been a commenter. <laughs> like a, and although like her an comments, active, a drug her comments, like a drug she's an active drug user. Although her comments usually come in the form of making fun of one of us, I still find it entertaining. Yeah, I will have to admit that there was a conversation that was going on. What was it about how I don't... Oh, that you're scared of everything? Yeah, or the, <laughs> that I like, like spiders. Well, that I shout out things like I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> and I remember like just one day I, I go onto our Instagram page and all of a sudden there's this just this conversation going on. I'm like, what the heck is this? I don't say things like this, but apparently I do. <laughs> but you know what? It's because Danny and Alan always talk about things I don't want, like going to Mars. I won't go to Mars. <laughs> Trav's just, he's just scared. And he's also a little bit scared of having comments on Instagram about him. So I know. that's just one more thing. I'm he's a little self-conscious. <laughs> we'll talk again in 500 million years when the sun has heated up and boiled the earth's oceans away and Mars is becoming the habitable zone. Okay, then yeah. we'll, we'll see I will if be, you want to go to Mars. I will be long gone. Well, you're not going to be alive then? No. So, but, <laughs> and then don't we have one other shout out? Yes. 
We do have another shout out. Who 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 be that, Alan? Apparently, they're the original Ruby on uh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, no no that, numbers just, or letter that, yep. other letters, just Ruby. That's their username, Ruby. So yes, thank you for comment. Ugh. Whoa, Trav, you just went down. <laughs> and, uh, I thought I was the only one that did that. <laughs> thank you for commenting and talking with us. Ruby, you got him to crack. <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs> Still reaching that point. But um, yes, we, like I said, we. Well, we, who knows? You might live 500 million years if you're still just going through puberty. I know. After we discussed that. 35 years? Yeah, we discussed that for a very long time last episode, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I guess we should quickly, even though this will be released a week. Later, but we should just do a quick happy birthday, Trav. Oh, thank I know you. your birthday <laughs> happy, will happy have birthday. been over a week past when this airs, but it's still it's still within a month of your birthday. Yes, yeah, within the month of your birthday. Yeah, I'm getting up there. My bones are starting to crack just for no reason, so it's sad. But so that's that's the the uh, standard now is like anywhere. Plus or minus 30 days of their birthday, you can wish them a happy birthday, and it's not like you just forgot it. Yep. You just say, <laughs> hey, 60 day window. I know, I know, your, birth- birth- I know your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday. Or you can say, happy birthday, belated. Belated. <laughs> belated. <laughs> but, all, all right. right. Well, yes, thanks everybody for, um, for commenting and just for interacting with us. We enjoy that part of it quite a bit. So, But let's get on with the show, shall we? So um, what questions do we have today, Trav? Yeah, we're going to start out with uh, your question, Dan, which is what is the, orig- the, origin, the origin of the kaiju? If you've seen some movies, you might know. We will. I'm sure we will talk about it. <laughs> I don't yep, want just I don't, any movie. I don't want to give. I don't want to give much away because I know that that's probably a big part of your your conversation. Um, we'll then move on to Alan's question, which is, "What is Starlink?" I do not know. So we will find out, and I will be educated just like all the rest of you. Let's just put it. I this wonder way. how Starlink will probably affect more of your lives than you guys think. I wonder how many people heard that and right now are thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Star Lord. I was actually thinking Skynet for some oh, reason. Oh Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> like <but the> Terminator. <laughs> Terminator software or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we'll move on to my question, which are who or which is who are the forgot the forgotten generation? I cannot talk today. Trav just Whoa. forgot how to yeah. read. So but anyway, let's let's get going on with Dan's question. All right. It's like, what the hell's going on? That just got my blood boiling. How about you guys? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that that was from Godzilla, the movie that came out a couple years ago. Yeah. The new 2014. That was from Godzilla that one. Movie. That wasn't from Pacific Rim. No, no it was from that Godzilla. was from. <laughs> yeah, why did you even use Pacific Rim? So, anyways, um, they specifically talk I, well, about the I, kaiju. I was hoping that we could say <laughs> if anyone could guess what movie this comes from. But Alan, oh, well, you didn't inform me early. Gave the yeah. that away. I'm just so. having done this before. You have to let us know beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was from the Godzilla movie. So now, now I want to. See, I haven't seen the new Godzilla, like the King of the Monsters that just came out. I want to now. So it. Well, this you one wanted was from to the, before. Well, I know how much you wanted that to just, see it. That just reinvigorated my desire to watch it. Again, it was from the Godzilla <laughs> one that was just a few years ago, like, like the, the one 2014. With, okay, not yeah. the one with Matthew Broderick. No, 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 yeah. not that okay. one. Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't in that. Yeah, she was. Wasn't she? She yeah. was the girl, like the Sex in the City. Sarah oh, Jessica Parker. They right? were in that together. Yeah, I think I she. Was. I know they're married. I just didn't know they're in the same movie together. Oh, are they married? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I haven't watched that one for a long time. So, but yeah, so. I always start, typically start my questions with, well, why did I have this question? <laughs> and the answer to that is, I wanted to know what the origin of the kaiju was because of the new Godzilla movie that Alan was just mentioning that came out. So Godzilla, the King of the Monsters, came out in theaters recently. Um, and so it got me thinking, like, well, knowing that Godzilla is a kaiju, where did kaiju... Like, what's the origin of kaiju? And I'm part <laughs> Japanese. Well, I'm half Japanese. Alan's half Japanese. But kaiju, I know, is a Japanese-sounding word, right? So I was like, also, I'm assuming that it started in Japan. You think if your son's listening to this, he just thinks that you're saying his name over and over again. Kaiju. <laughs> kaiju. <laughs> I just say people's names and followed by like a random religion. <laughs> Kai's like, <laughs> Kai's like Judaism. Am I Judaism part, is am I part Jewish? <laughs> Kaiju. So take one of those DNA tests now and be like, I need to find my Jewish roots. <laughs> so yeah. So that movie came out. It got me thinking. Did you, and then wa- did you go see it? I have seen it. So you did see the new Godzilla movie? Yeah. Okay. I saw it with Kai Boy. Kaiju. <laughs> Kaiju. And is it worth seeing? I Yeah, it's entertaining. If you want just flat out monster, monster entertainment, it's great movie. Okay, good. If you want like a really in-depth, thought-provoking storyline, not as you much. You don't watch Godzilla for thought-provoking <laughs> storylines. I agree, but that's what I was trying to tell people or like all the critics are like this is not that good of a movie all i know is that there was a dude in 7-eleven who loved it because i was looking at some chips and also getting a drink and he <laughs> just, just talking the attendant's ear off and they could tell i could tell that they just wanted him to leave <laughs> he was just telling tell him everything about godzilla the king of the monsters it's amazing how how life shifts just on a really quick side note, like or like at some point in your life, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Trav could have said that sentence, but it would have been, I was looking at some chicks and this guy was talking. Oh about, yeah. No, I was definitely now, at chips. <laughs> now it shifted to, I was looking at some chips and I get it. Mm. Guys, I, 
I'm, ruffled I'm, baked lays. I'm not gonna lie. I look at chips like every day. <laughs> <laughs> His Google search history is extra (laughs) flaming hot chips. (laughs) (laughs) Those X rated chips, huh? Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, back to this. So, yeah. And then recently, I mean, meaning in the last couple of years, I've actually started a series on Audible uh, written by a Jeremy Robison that actually writes about kaiju as well. And actually, I didn't even know this at first because the kaiju doesn't even pop up until his second book in the series. The first book I just really liked because it was about him going to an island. Well, not him, but like his character is going to this island and there's like all this crazy stuff happening there. And it's like this old like military base that's on this island what from are these like books World called? War II. Um, the first one was like Island Seven Fifty One or something. That I'd have to look. I'll I'll post them. Or something. Obviously, it wasn't that important to you. <clears throat> it was good. <laughs> but then the other ones, yeah. The reason is they all have like these interesting. They're all like numbers in their in the name of the book. So that's why you read them. <clears throat> it's like, oh, numbers. <laughs> hey, that numbers but a Fibonacci sequence I love, number. I love numbers. I will neither neither confirm nor deny that that's why I started listening to him, but, (laughs) or I think it's Island 731. Maybe that's what it was. But anyway, for anyone who, who is interested in that kind of stuff, I would recommend those books. Um, But then that got me thinking, okay, so what is a kaiju really? And so a kaiju, when I Googled it, the first thing that came up is kaiju is a Japanese word meaning strange creature. Mm. But the Americans have adopted the word and they mean it as giant monster. I love that we just take things and change them into things that they're not really. (laughs) We we enjoy the word kaiju, but we don't want your meaning. Like Taco Bell. It's like, hey, Taco, yeah, Taco Bell. Hey, we're gonna take the idea of Mexican food. <laughs> we're gonna f it up, <laughs> but we're gonna love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Taco Bell, Taco Bell was a big player back in '98 when that Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick came out. Yeah, do you remember that? No, like yeah, they talk like, about big play. all kinds of Taco Bell commercials that had Godzilla in it and the. The little Yokiero. Yeah, I was going to say, was that back in the day of the Yokiero Taco Bell? Yeah. And so you just. That was so racist. (laughs) (laughs) But you would see like Godzilla's, like, you'd hear like. (laughs) And you'd see like his tail, like. And and then the dog would be like, Yokiero Taco Bell. Has nothing to do with tacos. (laughs) (laughs) But. And and because their hot sauce, like, he downs a bunch of it and then he can shoot fire. Oh, is that yeah. what they did? Oh. I don't know. Oh. That's just don't makes they, sense. Don't That's they call their hot sauce like flaming hot or something? It's fire sauce. Oh, fire. Yeah, See, fire. that works. Um, but yeah, so then now in the new Godzilla movies, I've noticed that they've changed the name again. They don't even call them Titans. They call them, or Kaiju. Gai, Kaiju, they call them Titans. So I just thought that was another way for them just to Americanize it even more. Well, wait, in Godzilla, did they ever call well, them kaiju? Can I, I just, know Pacific Rim they did, but... Can I just say that uh, Japanese aren't making any Godzilla movies right now? Somebody's got to. <laughs> so I guess Americans are going to have to. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. Okay, well, I'm not seeing it. 
from <laughs> isn't that a because it's they're a doing Japanese. a horrible job at marketing it to the isn't Americans. that a line from Independence Day? What? That's not entirely true. <laughs> we don't know. That could be a line from anything. <laughs> That's like when they're on Air Force One and like they're like talking to the president about Area 51. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, like, he's like, he's there like, is no Area 51. And then that secretary dude's like, mm, yeah. that's not entirely true. I forgot how much you guys love Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best movies ever. <laughs> Maybe that'll just be one of my questions. Is, Why do I love Independence <laughs> Day so much? Uh, but anyway, okay, we better get into this. So the history of the kaiju is kind of what I wanted to bring in. Where did it come from? Where did it start? Where did well, it come from? Doing- Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? Cotton Eye Joe. That was not- <laughs> just, what's that? Isn't that like? Just that-, that was sounded more like Japanese. Like that sounded like Beaker from the Muppets. Like. <laughs> Oh, man, I don't make good. All right, history (laughs) of the kaiju. (laughs) History of the kaiju. So early on, the first uh, time when anyone can identify that the word kaiju appeared anywhere uh, was in an ancient text uh, written in roughly 400 BC by the Chinese in a book called Classic of Mountains and Seas. I think it was about mountains and seas. Okay. It's just my assumption. Um, but knowing that, so I'm like, that's interesting because it's in a Chinese text and kaiju is apparently Japanese, right? Mm. So I did not actually like verify this anywhere, but I would assume that if it was originally in a Chinese text, but it's a Japanese word now, that it was actually a Chinese text written in kanji because kanji is a shared written language between the Chinese and the Japanese. Oh, kan- so, kanji kurasai. Yes, kanji. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it originally was in a Chinese text, but then was adopted into the Japanese uh, language through the, what I would guess is kanji. So it goes from there. So then I was like, okay, I'm assuming then that there has to be like all this folklore in ancient Chinese or in ancient Japanese history that would kind of go over the kaiju and talk about the kaiju, right? Before you go on, and I don't, we don't need to have any more of a conversation about this, but I just have to make this comment. Remember when sports hats all had kanji on them? Oh, that was cool. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I had a California one. Yeah, I had a Notre Dame one. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they would bring that back. We should do that. Calif. So much money. California. All right. Do you guys know that? Yep. The wizard. (laughs) With uh, what's his face in it? Um, It's Fred Savage. Fred Savage, yeah. All right. Okay. So. (laughs) No more tangents. Turns out that there is no mention of kaiju in ancient Japanese folklore. So I was like, that's kind of weird. But the one thing is, because the thing that was popped in my head originally before I ever started doing any of this research is I'm like, I know there was some kind of creature or monster that is in Japanese folklore. So as digging deeper, I realized there was, but it was, they're called yokai. And this is something that like growing up a little bit and researching, I was always actually kind of afraid of these yokai. And actually this is like interesting, but I'm going to use it maybe in a future episode because I could spend an entire 
episode talking about yokai. Okay. Because there's a, there's a lot of different ones. But yokai are basically sa- supernatural monsters in Japanese folklore. So like The green girl or the grudge? They're scary. <laughs> <laughs> These are more like... Again, though, those were Japanese things that then America took and made like movies yep. that were huge in America. Yep. But they're originally <laughs> Japanese movies, right? Like Ringu. Ringu. Let's just take the U off. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Graju. Graju. Graju kudasai. I just said everything to Travis, just if he just adds kudasai. Yep. It becomes Japanese. Orange kudasai. <laughs> Do you go and like order chicken teriyaki kudasai? <laughs> yep. That's how I order. Anyway, so. Let's just, this brings me into more modern day meaning within the last century. So I'm going to give you guys a quick story. This is, I mean, quick meaning like 30 seconds. So there was a boat in 1954 that was fishing in the ocean and the boat's name was Lucky Dragon 5. It was a Japanese boat. There was a crew of 23 men on it. They were fishing for tuna. They're about 80 miles off the east coast of the Marshall Islands. Well, Right when they were there, this just so happened to be when the U.S. military was uh, executing a mission they called Castle Bravo, and they detonated the largest, most powerful hydrogen bomb that they'd ever detonated to date Mm -hmm. as a test. Wait, sorry, where was this? About 80 miles to the east of the Marshall Marshall Islands. Islands. So in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, okay. So... But these guys were close enough that all of a sudden they just saw this big flash of light and then there was like this nuclear fallout, like ash kind of that just started falling down. But at the time they didn't know what it was. So it was just spec it's just speculation, but people think like they probably just were like, Oh, what is this? And they played in it and whatever, you know. <laughs> in the nuclear ash? <laughs> yeah. They didn't know it was nuclear. <laughs> They're Man. probably just like, what like is guys, this? let's eat it. Mm. <laughs> That's radioactive, right? So I just watched Chernobyl. Yeah. So they all, Trump, and that's a horrible way to die. They all end up going back to Japan after their trip is over. I mean, about two weeks later, they show back up and every single member on the boat is deathly ill. Yeah. Because of the radiation, radiation poisoning. poisoning from all this um, nuclear ash, and, and they were close enough that they probably just got nuclear radiation from the actual blast. So there was a Japanese filmmaker named by the name of Tanaka who worked for uh, Toho Studios in Japan, and he had been wanting to make a movie that had the underlining story of something to do with nuclear weapons or nuclear fallout because of this story that happened to this fishing boat and also because of what happened in World War II when America dropped two bo- hydrogen bombs on Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of always, he's wanted to make something I think like they're this. hydrogen bombs. Oh, nuclear. They're what were nuclear. they? They're atom bombs. Atom, they're bombs. Using, atom bombs, yeah. Using like uranium or whatever it is, plutonium. You're right, because I think the hydrogen that was bomb fission. Is, Hydrogen is yeah. fusion. Yeah. Plutonium. So what happened is then... At the same time, he in America, there was a movie that just came out called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. 
which was kind of a monster movie. And I had, I saw a couple brief clips on it and it looks like it's like this, almost like this claymation dinosaur Mm -hmm. looking thing, like tromping through a city, but he really liked that movie. And so between those two things, it gave him the idea and he came up with the script for his first movie that he made, or at least his first movie of this type that he made. I'm not sure if it was his first one or not, but in 1954, he released the movie Gojira. Gojira. Which Gojira. starred <laughs> what we now know as Godzilla. Yeah. So it was the first Godzilla movie that ever came out. Wait, so is Gojira or whatever, is that a Japanese word? And yeah. That does not mean Godzilla at all? I'm assuming that that's Doesn't how they mean- say Godzilla. Gojira. G-O-J-I-R-A. So it's not a Japanese word for God and then like lizard? Like they took American words and made Godzilla, but Gojira? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Okay. We'll have to verify that. But it sounds like Godzilla to me. Gojira. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Godzilla is known as actually the first kaiju um to pop up in a film of any kind and really the first kaiju that just popped up in, in not culture, what's the word just in modern day times, you know? So if it, um, so before that, like I said, the, there was the early mention of it in a book, you know, thousands of years ago, but now all of a sudden you have this thing. Well, Gojira became a big thing and people in America started to notice it. But if you look like we said, kaiju are really just Did big you say monsters, right? Gojira became a big thing. <laughs> so, in America, we've they've actually had monster movies for a while, but they just didn't call them kaiju. So, some people actually say that King Kong is the first kaiju, but they never mention him as a kaiju. So, Godzilla is going to take the crown as being the actual first kaiju to show up. So from that moment, we kind of get into knowing that kaiju is not something of ancient origin, but instead is something that's more of just a modern day in the movies kind of a creature, right? So we Mm -hmm. go from that movie in 1954 in Japan, and in 1956, uh, America released their first Godzilla movie called Godzilla King of the Monsters. So that was their first one. It was a big success. Isn't that what this new one is? So the new one is Godzilla, the king of the monsters. Ah, there's the the. Mm, Very creative (laughs) titling. (laughs) (laughs) But this original was Godzilla, king of the monsters. Ah. Um, And then that film was a success. So not only did America start really liking this whole kaiju genre, but the entire world started getting into the kaiju genre. So they all started making their own kaiju movies and trying to capitalize on this whole kaiju uh, craze. And they made off made other like knockoff versions of kaiju around the world, their own versions. Well, this kind of went on and until the 1960s where they kept making uh, Godzilla movies and other kaiju movies. And the 1960s became what they call the golden age of the kaiju. So this apparently was like when they were at the peak of their popularity. The 19 what? 60s. 60s. So a lot of people were on acid then. So 
So it made sense that they would want to go well, see. Wow, do that so big. And then that was, I think, also when they would be putting like humans in Godzilla and kaiju costumes. So it looks funny because they're running around like a human being, basically. <laughs> you mean like uh, Power Rangers? <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Things didn't change much from then until Power Rangers, I think. Yeah. So stupid putties. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do you ever wonder though, like sometimes when you have like, cause it's like Ninja Turtles, they have the Foot Clan, and in Power Rangers they have those like yeah putty characters, or whatever. But really, they're like, or even in Star Wars they had like the original Stormtroopers before you really got the backstory of the Stormtroopers, right? Mm-hmm. You just felt like these are like just such weak opponents. They're just expendable. They're they just, needed yeah. a, a bunch of people that they could kill. They just need to be able to send a wave of these people that just get their butts kicked (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so yeah so you go from that 1960s then you get into the 1970s well the trend starts to die off and so they consider the industry kind of dead in the 1970s it wasn't until 1978 that they released a 26 episode uh godzilla animated series um but it wasn't met with much success it kind of was a flop and then they had to wait again until 1984 when they released a new Godzilla movie. And between the years 1984 and 1995, they call this the Hensei period or Heisei period. I'm sorry. And this, according to like a lot of the big, huge kaiju and Godzilla fans, they consider this like the best decade of Godzilla movies. Way to go. 80s. Are these like the movies that like, you get the classic people joking about like the mouth is not moving with the words. So they're like, they move their mouth and then they're like, cause Godzilla they're dubbed. <laughs> yeah. I would, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie. I've not watched most of these or the ones I have. I can't tell you if they were from the sixties or the eighties. Yeah. Cause I know as kids <laughs> should be able to tell. I know as kids, I think they're from the sixties. <laughs> The ones that I've seen. I know as kids, at least me, I remember watching a lot of these different Godzilla, like Matra, Godzilla versus Matra, whatever. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where, what time period they were from. They were just old looking, though. It was yeah. like literally the guy in the rubber suit as Godzilla. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm sure the ones that are, you're thinking of like that, though, were the ones that are literally made in Japan. And oh. They were okay. dubbed into English. Yeah. Here. Yeah, but there was what I guess what you're talking about, right? Is there is a movement of American-made Godzilla or kaiju films through the '80s, right? Um, I cannot remember if they were specifically American-made or if they were also Japanese-made. If they were a combination of the two, but there were several movies that were released in that era. They were kaiju. Yeah, <laughs> they were kaiju movies. So that they they deemed the best era. Well. The last one of those came out in 1995, and then in 1998, none other than the creators of Independence Day oh. decided to make a new movie that they called Godzilla. And so that's the one we were talking about earlier with, where, Matthew, Broderick. Yeah, with Matthew Broderick and Taco Bell. Yeah. So even though this movie came out and was actually, I mean, it wasn't a giant success, but it was successful enough from a monetary st- standpoint, like kaiju fans hated the movie because it did not match what they know about kaiju. Well, because what Godzilla is, is he's 
a protector, right? Exactly. And in that movie, he was the destroyer. Yeah. So Godzilla in that 1998 film was portrayed as just a monster that was out to just destroy things. And I think it didn't lay like a bunch of eggs in In Madison Madison Square Square Garden. Garden. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like they, they didn't follow it. Um, There were other gripes that, kaiju uh, traditionalists um or and a lot of japanese people did not like about the american depiction was not only that but also the fact that kaiju are supposed to be awoken from our nuclear weapons or the use of nuclear weapons but not created by nuclear weapons so that was another thing that that they didn't like. So there's kind of those discrepancies in the, between the two. Well, that brings us now into the more modern frame where after that, it wasn't really until Pacific Rim in 2013. till the Kaiju really started making a comeback. Mm-hmm. And since then there's been Pacific Rim and then Pacific Rim uprising in 2018. Godzilla, the movie came out in 2014 and Godzilla King of the, Mo- the King of the monsters came out in 2019. I did not like, the second Pacific Rim, yeah, near as much as I did. The, the first one was the first, first one, one was awesome. much better. Yeah, it was amazing actually. Yeah, yeah. The second one was. They kind of botched the story, I think. But the point is grab. now yeah. that they've come out with these newer movies, though they have actually gone back to some of the origins and the traditional story of the kaiju. So, like this new Godzilla series is actually um, paying. Homage. Uh, homage, 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 homage to homage, oh, to homage, homage, homage. <laughs> homage. There's no H, is there? It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's spelled it's, with an H. Yeah, but it's silent like herbs. But yeah, to the traditional, <laughs> like you said, Trav. I mean, where Godzilla is a protector. He's the kaiju are awoken by nuclear, you know, things not created by mm-hmm. nuclear things. Um, so I think that I personally like that better. I like that they're going back to like the traditional storyline and then they're just much better at doing the special effects now. So I'm not going to lie. I'd much rather watch the current ones than the old ones, because if I want to watch the old ones, I'll just go buy a dinosaur suit (laughs) and film myself running around. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it adds an extra layer of depth when you, instead of like our nuclear weapons creating them, that they are, you know, like they've just been here be from before we were here. And so that like adds a depth of like respect yeah, to the, to yeah. the kaiju. Because they're not something we made as yeah. men. We're, they're something that are There's something to, like even more, like maybe bigger than yeah. humanity. That was like, created by a higher power yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, that just brought me into like, so I just want to know how many Godzilla movies have there been? I found a list on IMDb that said that there was 33 Godzilla movies created to date. Um, but that doesn't quite exactly add up to the things I found on Wikipedia, but Wikipedia did break it down. So there's four different periods of Godzilla movies that they call the first period was from 1954 to 1975. It was the Showa period. There's 15 movies in that period. Then they had the high save period, which people said were, was the best period. The 80s, right? The 1984 to 1995, and there were seven movies in that period. Then there's the millennium period, 1999 to 2004. There were six movies. And then the Rewa period was 2016 to present, and there's been four movies so far in that period. So these are still what? being created, I think, by... 2006 to present? 2016 to present. So oh. I think they're... 
are actually Godzilla movies being created still in Japan. Okay. So, I was going to say, cause I, <laughs> I only know of two. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of the history of the film of, of Kaiju and Godzilla. So some of the famous ka- Kaiju though, can you guys name some? Obviously the biggest one is Godzilla. Yep. And King Kong. Yeah, but you could consider King Kong a kaiju now. Yep. The one with the many heads. <laughs> Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Uh, the Cloverfield thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that one. That's oh. a good one. I actually really liked that movie. Me a lot too. of people hated it, but <laughs> I, I like Cloverfield. So, yeah, there's Godzilla. Everyone knows who Godzilla is. Mothra is another one, and that's where the it's the giant moth thing that apparently is like considered if Godzilla is considered the king of the monsters, Mothra is the queen of the monsters. And apparently she can't, she's like, uh, what's the word when you can't die? Immortal. Immortal. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we? I should know that. Just <laughs> we talked about it last week. <laughs> yeah. Our last episode. <laughs> but yeah, um, Mothra is immortal. She, but she can actually like die to a certain degree, but then she just is reborn apparently is the story behind her. And mm. then she comes back. Uh, Rodan is basically a giant pterodactyl. Kaiju. So Mothra's like uh, Doctor Who. Or, <laughs> I swear you bring up Doctor Who. Like, <laughs> it's because he's watching it right now. <laughs> no, I finished. We've it, talked about did. Doctor Who on like every other episode. <laughs> it's one of the most amazing shows I've ever watched, guys. Uh, I binged. It watched doesn't matter what we talk about. We could just talk about kaiju. <laughs> We could talk about like <laughs> any like what are some of the other topics that we have that are just totally different. Well, it's because Doctor Who covers so much, <laughs> talk so about many things. Fibonacci numbers. We talk about the Neelan brothers. It just doesn't matter. It's just like, oh, like on Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> but anyway, Rodan is the pterodactyl that's basically like born from a volcano and has fire on it or whatever. Ghidorah is the three-headed um, kaiju that's like a dragon and shoots electricity out of its mouth. And apparently, I don't want to give away too much, but let's just say that Ghidorah may not be of this planet. <laughs> if you watch the new movie. Uh, the Muto are the ones that were in the first Godzilla movie that came out in 2014. Not the first one ever, but the one more recently. Um, so yeah, those are some of the big most famous kaiju. So in the end, oh the the things that kind of look like just giant versions of like I always thought they looked like those starship trooper uh aliens oh, that they're fighting. Yeah. Kind of. But just like giant versions. I almost of like those. think of them like they kind of almost have a prey mantisy kind of oh, yeah, that's look true, yeah. too, but yeah. So in the end, my conclusion is I just always had an affinity for Godzilla because it was Japanese and I'm part Japanese. So I always thought Kaiju were cool. I thought the word Kaiju is cool and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's <a> cool word. <laughs> so, so, so cool. Uh, there is one Kaiju movie that I I've seen. It's, it's actually, um, I think it's made from Korea. Um, so it was a Korean monster film. Uh, I can't remember what year I want to say like 2006, but, um, it was called the host. (gasps) I I saw that. I remember that. And it is an amazing 
movie. You can't watch it with the English dubbed, though. You have to watch it with the subtitles. If you watch it- Why? Because it ruins it. Oh. Because then you have the weird overlay like Alan was Yeah, and the voices don't match the, the people- and it's just, but anyway, it's about this, uh, this guy who he, when you watch the movie, he is not your typical hero. He is a pudgy dude, you know, overweight, just kind of clumsy. People make fun of him and he has this daughter and, uh, all of a sudden, I mean, just out of nowhere, there's this big monster that comes and starts killing people and taking people and she actually i think i've seen this his movie. daughter is one of them that gets taken and uh the the monster takes her back to his lair to you know have her eat her later <laughs> you know it's <laughs> i'm gonna save you like for a, later. just a little snack and uh so he just goes on this quest to go get his daughter back and it is amazing I'm going to have to rewatch it. Me too. I think it was on I Netflix for a it. while. I, I vaguely it, remember it. I don't it. really remember it. So yeah. should watch it. Sweet. It is it is great. But So that's some good insight there, Trav. Um, but yeah, to wrap up, do you guys have a favorite kaiju, kaiju story, kaiju moment? I mean, that was that kind was, of a kaiju story. That right was there, my kaiju story. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is just Godzilla. Since I was a kid, it's like I just, I've always loved Godzilla. I don't know if... Do you remember watching it with the Namba family? Yeah. Like, there, there were another Japanese family that we knew growing up, and we were friends, and, like, I just have vague memories of watching it with, like, their kids, like Spencer and Doug and stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's every half Japanese or full Japanese kid's pastime. <laughs> 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 that and Tamagotchi. <laughs> Tamada- Tama- Tamikos or something? Or were Tamagotchis. They Tama- oh, Tamagotchis, Tama- yeah. I thought you said Tamagotchis. Okay. All right. I think that's it. So let's jump into uh, Alan's question, which is, what is Starlink? Such an ugly sound. I know. <laughs> the very end of that sounded like something fell, like in a shed. Do you guys hear it? No, <laughs> I did not. No, but we don't have to listen to it again. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> but at my work, we still use fax. Oh for, yeah, for everybody things. uses fax. Yeah, I hate faxing. Too. It's we like just we just need a document scanner, so you, everything just turns into PDFs, and you email it. Yeah, like I need to talk to our director. And be faxing like, is an outdated. No, everybody still has faxing, and it's the dumbest thing. But like, see, we have it's so we slow, have the PDF unreliable. Scanning. Half of the faxes don't even go through. We mm. have the PDF scanning um, technology at at the bank I work at, which is great. And yes, most people that's what they want now. But we still have to keep a fax because there are some people on the other end who want the fax. Gah. so. I think it's just stupid, exciting. Although, like, quick side story on a fax. Um, one of my coworkers told me a story about her mother-in-law, I believe it was, and she was trying to fax something, and she just kept faxing it over and over and over again. And she's like, "What are you doing? Like, why do you keep faxing that piece of paper?" And she's like, "It's not working." And then she's like, "What do you mean it's not working? It's it went." 
And she's like, no, look, I put the paper in and it comes out. It's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> you think like the paper's going to like, she uh, really thought the paper like would just disintegrate and then like, go over the lines and then re like form on the other side. The, people are stupid. <laughs> I, I am actually waiting for the teleporter <laughs> where I can just take a stack of papers and literally send it physically to whoever I want. Just so you pretty like, much isn't that just big a, old like bank tube? Charlie in the <laughs> Charlie in the chocolate factory or whatever. Yeah, is that what they do? Like with the Mike TV. TV. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants like he tr- figures out a way to like teleport, teleport something into the TV. Oh, but anyway, so what is Starlink, Alan? So Starlink is uh, the SpaceX. I don't know if you've heard about them. Space because. X, <laughs> not space. space sex, but space X. I, I, who made that up? Was that it Musk? Was Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah, space. Who owns just, Tesla? New, just a different name, maybe. <laughs> just think about it. Just think about it a little bit. Their of Elon. logo is cool. Okay, <laughs> but so space X, uh, owned by Elon Musk. They are working on this project called Starlink. So Starlink is basically SpaceX's next generation network of satellites that they're going to be putting up into space, capable of delivering low latency broadband internet to all reaches of the globe. Like anywhere you are on the earth, you will be able to have internet access. Um, and all you'll need is like a, they say a pizza box sized antenna. And as long as you have that with you, you're good to be on the internet. A pizza box size? That seems pretty big. Well, this is the first go, guys. <laughs> okay, this is the first iteration. <laughs> so you're running around with like a will, pizza box. Things will improve and get smaller, I'm sure. So the only way that you can use this network would be to have one of these antennae. Then, like, is it something that they're going to... Antenna. Why? What's antennae? You just need to have one of these antennae. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like cactus. <laughs> Cacti. <laughs> the antennae. <laughs> it just sounded correct at the time. <laughs> so, do you buy these somewhere once at some so point? So, I'm assuming it's basically like your cable box or like your, if you have Comcast, you know how they give you like a box? I'm assuming it'd be something like that. So would you? you just, so it would be like a subscription service to, yeah, like a internet to just Starlink. So to like Starlink a, would, be would be your its internet own brand. provider. Okay. Yeah, they'd be your ISP, I, internet service provider. So um, yeah, they would be. So their maybe own brand. this would be a good point to get into. What would be the benefit to using the Starlink network versus like a cable network or fiber optic network? Okay. Um, well, first of all, a little bit more about what Starlink is, like how it's going to work is, uh, eventually Elon Musk and SpaceX will be putting 12,000 satellites into low earth orbit. Ooh. And to give you like a sense of how many that is currently, there are about 2000 satellites in low earth orbit that are like operational. 
Then there's thousands more that are just like dead satellites in like graveyard orbits still orbiting around, waiting to eventually deorbit naturally and burn up in the atmosphere. Um, so this, he said, I think I read a quote where Elon Musk said like within a year or two, SpaceX will have the majority of satellites orbiting Earth. They will surpass the 2,000, and most satellites will just be SpaceX satellites. So, um, so they're, they're, the reason you need 12,000 is because you need to create a mesh over the Earth, basically, where you have, I think it was like four satellites the, or, or over any given uh, area of the Earth that they're providing service for. So, and maybe you can speak to this better than I can. I just think I saw something that said that they would have certain amount, like 5,000 of those satellites would be at a lower Earth orbit, and then like 7,000 would be at a slightly higher orbit. Yeah, so I think there's like three shells, and I th- you're, what you just said sounds correct. I think like 7,500 like in the lowest orbit orbit shell which would be like 350 ish kilometers uh above earth then you get i'm not sure how many of in the other shells but you'll get like a shell at 550 kilometers above the earth and then another one around thousand kilometers above the earth so it's kind of like a staggered system is it just built that way so that they don't run into each other i i really don't know the engineering behind like that why they're doing that so I can't go into further further into that. Do you think he um, works for SpaceX? <laughs> do you? <laughs> Wait, do you do you know anything about why they would be putting him in or different shells? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a just... leading a leading question. One of those Danny questions. Like I know the answer to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really I don't know the the answer to it either from a technical standpoint. Other than I would assume that they're creating it. Um, as some kind of a staggering system that would help them so that they can cover more area, um, but also not have the issue where they're running into each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely running into things in space. Like I said, um, 2,000 satellites already up there. There's going to be 12,000 with this whole network, um, thousands more dead satellites. And then on top of it, NASA is currently, like they have a whole department just for tracking space debris Debris. and junk around the earth and currently they're tracking 500,000 individual objects so it's getting a little bit crowded up there with just things flying around um but spacex obviously they they accounted for this so every single one of their 12,000 satellites has onboard systems autonomous systems to track Use data from like NASA and other, and other resources, and I don't know if they have onboard sensing data too themselves, but to track where all this debris is, and then they have ion thrusters on each satellite that is capable of maneuvering the satellite around other things if there's going to be a collision and avoiding. The Wouldn't collisions. it be easier just to create little legs and feet so that when something comes, it can just. Then they'd start kicking it towards another one, and then it just becomes a giant game of foosball. And the problem with that is in problem with that is in space. Like the whole for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction is super true. Like that's on Earth, 
If it kicked it, it would on Earth you. you can you can punch something and you're you're okay. not going to move. But in space, How about if you hit something, and both thrusters. things go flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, maybe you were going to cover this, but just in case. Um, so after five years of them being in deployment, they're going to come to end of life is my understanding, and then they're going to automatically mm-hmm. come back down, um, push themselves back down into the Earth's atmosphere, and they'll burn up. So yeah. I did not see anything on this, and I don't know, maybe they haven't announced it yet, but I would imagine once one comes out of orbit, they're going to have to replace it yeah. with another one. Yeah, this isn't, I mean, this is a long-term thing. They're not, they're, it's not just like they're going to put up the 12,000 and they'll call it quits. Um, because hardware is always improving you can get better components um and improve improve your design so spacex is it's going to be a long-term iterative thing where they're just constantly uh putting up new satellites that are updated improved and um replacing the ones that do deorbit and burn up in the atmosphere which by the way so the ion thrusters that I mentioned earlier that they can maneuver with, um, those are also there. So when it's at the end of its life, it doesn't just become another dead satellite and add to more space debris. They can deorbit with it, come down in the Earth's atmosphere, let it burn up, and they have made it out of materials where 95% of it on in this iteration of satellites that they're putting up, 95% of it will completely be... Um, burned up, disintegrated, yeah, in the atmosphere. Um, I don't, which I thought, I was like, what about the other 5%? Like, t- like 12,000 things are just going to be falling on people's heads. <laughs> like, what if, what if that just hit your house going at like thousands of miles per hour? Raindrops falling on my head. Is that a song? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but again, Elon Musk mentions that in future iterations, they are planning on getting that to 100% of it will be just disintegrated in the atmosphere. Interesting. Hmm. So, do they that, have a slogan yet? Is it like, welcome to Starlink, the fastest effing internet in the galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> that sh- they should. Yeah. They should work on that. So, Another a re- allow so- SpaceX to help you stream your SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <that's- laughs> yeah. I bet it will be used for probably like ninety percent of it. Of the <laughs> weird nerds everywhere are gonna get ninety <laughs> percent of the of their the bandwidth will, will be true. eaten up by that. So currently, only fifty six percent of the world's population has access to the internet. Internet, which I. Didn't know it was fifty six. Yeah, only fifty six percent of the world's okay. population. I didn't know that. I thought it was pretty ubiquitous by now. But you know, you get out in the middle of nowhere because you have to physically run lines to yeah. all the places to wherever people are. But a lot of people just aren't in developed areas of the world. They don't have any infrastructure. Or they're places no like um, I don't know, like Rose Park in Utah. Where <laughs> I used to work for this company as Clearlink, and we sold internet packages. And one of the biggest thing was this Google Fiber Wire. You guys heard of it? Yep. Okay. Super fast, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants Google Fiber Wire, 
And that was what got me the most commission. Well, I would get calls every day. You think like, oh, this is going to be easy. People are just like lining up to buy this stuff. Nobody could do it because they all lived in areas that didn't have fiber wire. I know. It's ridiculous. It's still not like... I want Google Fiber at my house, and I can't get it. I know. I See, quit I had, after one, yeah. after three weeks and one day. Three <laughs> weeks was training. One day was just regular sales. <laughs> I actually have, <laughs> I actually have Utopia here, which so my internet does come in through fiber optics, and it's super nice, super reliable. Oh, it must be like a Utopia here, <laughs> <laughs> but it is really fast and it's just nice. I like it. Um, but this will actually be faster. Yeah. How much faster, Alan? <laughs> so are you I, <laughs> are you having like like what is wrong with you? I know this is uh, audio. Yeah, you he can't has, see him, but he's he having that, like these major ticks right now. He asked that question and did like this thing with his head, like he was like as a mocking question. How like, much faster, Alan? Well, it was almost like he was having a seizure or he was being attacked was, by little bed. I was just trying to act like I was on like a infomercial and being super like animated. Oh, I was like, what are you doing? Like, how much faster? <laughs> All right, so. Uh, there's a thing called latency when it comes to the internet, which is basically how long is the round trip travel time for your signal to get to wherever you're, whatever you're trying to communicate as a server or whatever, and then for the information to come back to you. Um, right now, the fastest thing we have as far as latency are fiber optic lines. The problem with that is light travels through fiber optic cables through the glass at like 50% the The speed speed of light light that light travels in a vacuum. So if you're in space in a vacuum and you're shooting pulses of light back and forth through, um, through satellites sending your signal, then it's twice as fast. You don't have that, that slowed down latency from physically traveling through fiber optic cables um and then also the fact that they're putting these satellites in low earth orbit they're like so close to the earth like literally 500 kilometers which is sounds like a lot but that's super close actually um there yeah it's gonna be the best the lowest latency internet that's ever been created Hmm. so basically from what i saw and i don't know if you saw the same thing alan um the this Starlink system, when it's fully operational, should have latency periods, or the internet basically should be about forty times faster than the fiber optic lines that we have now. So you'll have mm-hmm. a huge increase in in speed. Huge, and this comes into play. <laughs> huge, and this co- if if there are any gamers out there, you know how frustrating it is for you your character to be lagging and not responding quickly enough to when you're pushing the buttons it's like literally like a half a second later and that's not good enough i'm gonna be a hardcore gamer and this is probably because i'm 36 and i'm an old man now but i don't have that problem i don't (laughs) i don't think that my brain and my fingers move fast enough to ever have a problem (laughs) if there is latency i don't even realize it because by the time I realize it, my guys, I, it, the problem I have is it goes too fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I've I've never been a PC gamer, so 
but well, did you guys you ever could, play Halo back in the day? I don't play like on Xbox. Xbox. Play, oh. I'm a PlayStation guy. Ah, same same thing though. No, same concept. The other turn, <laughs> turns out that this maybe we could have a segment on this someday. But yeah, it turns out it's like a big war between Xboxers and Playstationers. Because um, I had this whole discussion <laughs> he, with my son Kai, and he let me know he's a Playstationer. Okay, Trav's right. Way to go, Kai! High five. Trav's right. Dan just adds "ers" to the end of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Q coders, Xboxers, Playstationers, <laughs> and is like Evander Holyfield an Xboxer? Oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. And Mike Tyson that bit his ear off. Um, what was I going to say next? I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, and then I just really quickly, because we already did an episode on this, and you might want to go back and listen to it if you haven't, because it's a good episode. We talked about high-frequency trading, and that's another, so the stock market is another um, industry sector I guess you want to call it benefit that could highly change and benefit from a lower latency because like we mentioned earlier in that episode, every millisecond counts when you're doing high frequency trading. I feel bad for that dude. Billions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars building that fiber. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Out of business. Elon Musk is going to be the new guy that owns all the infrastructure for the high high frequency trading. Um, and then as far as bandwidth, so that's latency is like the ping time. Uh, bandwidth is how much information can you be transferring all at the same time. Um, every time they do a launch, so they just launched in May, sixty the first 60 satellites. That's going to be their standard plan is like um, basically they'll get to a point where every month they're sending up 60 more satellites. And with every 60 satellites they will add a terabyte a terabit per second of useful connectivity meaning um for every sat- 60 satellites they put up you could have four, 40,000 people all streaming 4K video at once that's how much bandwidth that is and they're putting 12,000 up so yeah hmm. hmm that's interesting so the benefits that right now that I can see over what the infrastructure right now offers is basically internet available anywhere on earth because it's going to basically blanket the earth with internet. So whether you're in the middle of a jungle somewhere or you're in the middle of New York city, you can have access to the Starlink network. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you got, um, faster speeds and more bandwidth capability. So better internet, basically. Yeah, better. Around. So yeah, it isn't just for people. No more buffering. So it isn't just. <laughs> <laughs> so it isn't just for the people that don't have access currently to the internet. It's for people who currently do and just want even better internet. So they only have sixty satellites currently up there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a couple of YouTube videos showing that you could see in the night sky these 60 satellites, like in a train, just kind of streaking across the sky. Yeah. Is that real? Like, can you really see them? And then if that's the case, once they have all 12,000 up there, what is our sky going to look like? I mean, is it going to look like we... A light show hologram. No, yeah, like, is it basically going to be like we went back in time and now we can just see all the stars again and not have as much of the light pollution causing us not to see them. So the train 
that people saw that only lasted for a little while, while like right after they uh, launched the Falcon 9 rocket with the payload on it. And then they were deploying the 60 satellites. Um, so they all like, they were all stacked on each other. And then once they deployed, they, they just kind of let them naturally drift apart into a long line to get enough space in between them before they turned on their ion thrusters to actually put them into the correct orbits that they wanted. Oh, okay. So you don't you don't you don't want the um you don't want to turn on your ion thrusters when they're all right next to each other and then it'll just like knock them around and like I mean, that's destroy just, each that's other. That's just freaking and, common sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so naturally let them just drift apart enough then you turn on your ion thrusters and um, put them into a higher orbit. So they they actually released them at like 440 kilometers, and then once they turned, they uh, were released and drifted apart. Then they used the ion, thr- ion thrusters to go to a higher orbit of 550 kilometers. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I was wondering at first because you could see like on the video, it's like this tightly packed chain of yeah. like. 50 satellites and then kind of behind that there's like another little grouping kind of a little bit further behind and then there's like these two stragglers that are just like way behind and i'm like man i feel bad for those ones because they're just like all by themselves well (laughs) if they had feelings i'm sure they would feel bad but (laughs) um Um, as far as like their visibility now though you i mean i think you still will be able to see them a little bit but they're not going to be like any brighter than any other satellites that we already have up there. Um, but you still can't, like, with the naked eye on a very, very dark night, you would be able to see see them. The, the Where this really causes problems, though, is for astronomers and astronomy, because there, you're not just using your naked eye, you're using telescopes that are bringing in all the light, magnifying it, and all that stuff. So then you can really get like all of these satellites just streaking across your your observations and the data you're collecting, which is not good if you're trying to observe things in the outer solar system in our you're gonna, hyper belt that are super dim. Yeah, you're gonna have to really lean on AI to uh, help you. Yeah. Get so so I haven't done too much research into this, but I know there are some astronomers that are really worried about it and they want SpaceX to come to the table and have like, so they can work this all out and mitigate the, uh, the impacts that it has on our on their disc- work. Yeah. On their work. And, you know, ideas, maybe you can paint them black or make sure they're as dark as possible. So they're not going to be and anti-reflective as possible. Um, another one is um, maybe you can turn their their transmission signals off. Make sure they're not transmitting over certain parts of the earth, the world or of Earth, uh, because signals can get in the way of like radio astronomy, all of that stuff. Different different wavelengths of light. Interesting. So, yeah. did you have anything else on Starlink um, that you wanted to share? I I'm I'm I think that's all I really had. Okay. But I'm I'm looking forward oh so 
Elon Musk, he says, and this is like an Elon Musk time timetable, which he likes to say things optimistically, come up with timetables that you know. Are you getting at like when they expect to have this fully operational? Yeah. Okay. Because that was actually going to be my final question. So, oh, looks like you read my mind. Okay. (laughs) So. He says within a year, um, all we really, all he really needs to for the beginning uh, operational services, like that he would offer in the U.S., are four hundred satellites. That would be enough to like start getting service to people. And he said that would be like in a year if all thing if things go well, and they're continuing to launch these satellites into space and get them into orbit then in about a year, you could start seeing people in the U.S. getting service. Um, then he said, once you hit 800 satellites, you start seeing significant uh, service capabilities globally. Um, I don't know how much longer that will take, but... Well, you would think that it would be two years. Well, if maybe. you do the first 401 If things year. go right. <laughs> And then he does have like a a deadline set by the FCC government, I guess in some contract they made with an agreement when they said that they would authorize him to do up to 12,000 satellites. He does have to like November of 2027 to have all 12,000 satellites up and working. So in the next decade, we could potentially see a fully operational Starlink system. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that. I would like to uh, have more. I was going to say more better. I would like to have better, <laughs> like more better internet. <laughs> internet, more reliable internet. So, yeah, for your your space sex. <laughs> space yep. Sex. <laughs> All right, thanks, Al. Um, Trav, did you have anything to add to that, or should we jump into your question? Let's get it going. All right, let's jump into Trav's question about who is the forgotten. Generation. I would be around for about the lunchroom the other week. There it is. Violence at NBC GE com. I mean, well, well Allison should know. What, what is internet anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer right. network, mm-hmm. the one that's becoming really big now. What do you mean? That's big. Wait, how does one? No, wait, what do you write to it like mail? No, a lot of people use it and communicate. It, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? What is internet? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that before. Yeah. What was that from? That was from like the Today Show or something back in 90 something. Yeah. Katie Uh, Couric. Katie Couric. And what's his name? Celester Holt? No. Is it it the dude that got fired? Brian Gumble. Brian, yeah, yeah. Brian Gumble. But uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk today about uh, they've been called. Different things. Uh, Forgotten generation, the nameless generation, Xennials. Um, But I'll just cut right to the chase. I'll answer the question up front first. The nameless generation, um, or like I said, uh, Xennials, are those who were born pretty much between 1979 to 1985. What year were you born now? 86. Okay. So you're like... Oh, Alan but didn't. Make it's it. give it. There is no particular like. No, it's a there hard is cutoff. no line. It's a hard cut off in eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this Wait, is to where be, to be a zenial. Well, 
Yes. Or this forgotten generation, right? Nameless. Or nameless generation. You wrote forgotten on there. I don't know why you wrote well, forgotten. Because that's what you posted in the group <laughs> me. <laughs> I say forgotten. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I even wrote before like nameless. nameless and I don't know what I said. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere too. But anyway, um, so the thing is, is that there's this little generation of about, like you said, six, seven years that just doesn't fit anywhere. Um, I was born in 1984. You were 82. And, uh, you know, we are just a crossbreed stuck in the middle of two generations that blame each other for the world's problems. You have the Gen Xers and millennials. And... Wait, so I'm a millennial. Technically, we are all millennials. It just depends but the which thing is, chart you go off of. Yeah. Oh. The thing is, is that I get roped into millennials more than I would Gen Xers. You, Danny, may get roped more into the Gen Xers. But I thought I, yeah, I thought I was a Gen Xer, and then I thought I was a millennial, and then I was just confused. And that's, that's really the whole point of this whole topic, is that we don't know where we belong. <laughs> I mean, think of it. I mean, I, at, at work, uh, I work in the construction industry. I don't have any calluses on my, on my hands, so I'm not swinging any hammers. But uh, I am, I'm in the office. I'm, I'm bringing people in, uh, in interviews all the time. And I can tell you, I, am, I'm, I have many conversations with a lot of these managers and uh, like foremen, superintendents and everything that are used to doing things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you introduce this new generation of millennials and everything's getting screwed up. And I can't tell you how many times I hear something that's like, Stupid millennials. They ex- <laughs> you know, like they expect everything to be handed to them on a plate. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, all the millennials are looking at all the Gen Xers and they're like, you guys have seriously ruined this world. Yeah. And like, I mean, like the economy crash and everything, all Gen Xers. <laughs> and climate stuff. Yeah, climate change. That, I mean, that's all being thrown I mean, things are going back and forth. They're not all the same things, but it's just millennials are lazy and they are, um, they're entitled while the Gen Xers are stubborn and, you know, just are not willing to listen and, and to change with the times. So have you guys heard, speaking of, have you heard this song? It's been popular on YouTube. Let me just play a part of it really quick. Yes, I have heard this. There he sits inside your local coffee shop, sporting a main bun and facial hair. Somehow he believes, although he has no job, that by his 30s he will be a millionaire. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. You Gotta Love Millennials by Micah Tyler, if you guys want to find it on YouTube. Yeah. So I, like I said before, I tend to get roped into the millennials. Um, but the problem is, is that I don't identify with them at all. Um, this, this, and, and whether it's 
correct or not, I have a pretty good work ethic. <laughs> like, and trust me, I I deal with millennial type ideals on a daily. I mean, I bring people in and it's it's almost as if like they don't get that when you get a job that like you should go. <laughs> <laughs> like you it's should just, show up. It's just like uh what's the <laughs> opt optim not optimal. Optional. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> like it, yeah, yeah. It's optional. Work is optional. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we hired you to do a job. We expect you to do it. But I'm not just limiting it to millennials. I have tons of Gen Xers too that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. I mean, like, I show up to work every day unless I'm sick or on vacation. But people are just like, oh, I just don't feel like it today. And if you're sick, you're like calling them and you're like, I'm sorry. I oh, yeah. And most of the time, I, I mean, I go to work uh, as, as long as I know I'm not like contagious or anything like that. Like, I'm at work even when I'm not feeling good, even with a man cold. <laughs> that's, no, that's those, impossible. Those are the worst ever. <laughs> but. <laughs> No man could even stand with the you know, man so, cold. Exactly. So, you know, people like us can sit there and we wonder, where do we belong? So I've... I've well, so is like, it does it, is the um, one of like the millennial things where you get... Pe- I don't agree with how sports these days with kids works where... Every, oh, yeah. It's the like mentality the whole, that everybody, everybody gets, gets a, trophy, a trophy. Just for participating. Like a participation trophy. Doesn't matter if you want, like, the, to the point where they don't even keep score in certain kids' games leagues. I think it, it gets, it depends on the certain, uh, so, okay, having kids and now having, uh, you know, having them participate in extracurricular activities such as sports, things like that. Like, my daughter's in softball. The first year, no outs, no scoring, no nothing. Like, Same thing yeah, like every t-ball. kid. Every kid gets, go up gets, and gets to get up, hit the ball. Um, when we're out in the field, we're just, I mean, it's all a teaching moment. And I get that. But it is. It is mm-hmm. once you get to like a more competitive level, you can't teach, you can't teach kids that, you know, that everyone's a winner in these situations yeah. because there is going, I mean, let's face it. It's life. There's disappointment. Yeah. You have to <laughs> compete with other adults in regular adult life. Yeah. For jobs, for opportunities. You yeah. have to get an education so that you're qualified more than this other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's completely like agree. Comedian Bent Washburn. Have you guys seen him? I know no. I talk about him from time to time, but he has a whole joke where he's like, you know, one of these years, I'm just going to put cat turds in the Easter eggs that I hide for the Easter egg <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> And so, like, the kids will find them, and they'll be all excited, and they'll open it. And I'm like, Dad, what is this? He's like, life is just a cat turd and an Easter egg. (laughs) (laughs) It's not fair. (laughs) So I've basically come up with some questions. So if you are like me, and I know I've given you the the years that are typically those in this nameless generation. But if you're sitting there wondering, like, oh, do do I belong in... This group of people, even though maybe for you, Al, you know, like I said, it's typically up to about 1985, but like I said, there are no definite lines. And so here are a few questions that you can ask yourself to try and see if you belong with us. (laughs) So to like Trav's point, 
So I just pulled three different sources that are kind of going through like naming what each generation is. One source says that Gen X goes from 1965 to 1981 and millennials start in 1982 and go to 2000. Mm-hmm. Another source says that Gen X goes from 1965 to 1979, millennials start in 1980 and go to 2000. Another source says that Gen X goes from 1965 to 1979, millennials go from 1980 to 1994. But they also put in overlapping zennials, like you talked about, from 1975 to 1985. Mm-hmm. So just every single source yeah. has like a slightly yeah. different There's not a frame. definite line. So here's some, some things to think about. So let's just let's start with this one. Do you remember walking into the computer lab in elementary school to see all of the Apple IIe models set to the Oregon Trail start screen. Yes. Yes. Then you are most likely <laughs> a nameless generation. <laughs> um, I mean, I do. I, that was probably, I think for all of us, that is the, the best time of elementary school. You're like the walking Oregon in. Trail. Yeah, you're walking in. I mean, there's these like little tiny computers, black screens, green words and letters and, and, you know, you just sit down and you pick your family and you always name them like poop face. <laughs> Wait, were these the were these the ones where the monitors like they had the color bat like the blue color on them or like the No, oh, no, this whoa, is before. Whoa, whoa. Okay, Alan. You're you, a millennial. You may not be one of us. <laughs> I played Oregon Trail. Well, Oregon Trail has different iterations has developed. I think they still can play Oregon trail to this day. We're talking about the original literally just everything is in green. There is no other color that is displayed on the screen. Um, but I remember maybe you, I don't know, you would have had a slightly cause I went to a different elementary school than you Trav. but like, Mm -hmm. I remember we would go into computer time and I think it, in hindsight, it was probably 30 minutes. Yeah. Is how much time we got, but you went in and you had to make, we always made banners. I don't know why, <laughs> but like it was back when they had the dot matrix printers and so like the paper was stuck together. Oh yeah. So you could make a banner. So I'd be like, happy birthday. And then I print it out on like four sheets of paper and then I'd have my banner, my happy birthday banner. Well, that would take like 15 minutes of computer class time. But after you were done with your banner project, then you got to play whatever you want to do. And obviously Oregon trail I never, was my go-to. I never made banners. <laughs> See, we I just went in either. We played Oregon trail, but I will tell you, I always got pissed because no, with the allotted time that they give you, you, you can never, never make it to the yeah. end of the freaking Oregon trail. <laughs> I know. And I always died of dysentery. And, and the, <laughs> the funnest part of that whole game was to go hunting. Yeah. But like, you can't stop and hunt for too long. Yeah, because <laughs> you aren't going to make it. And like I freaking, when you had to pick your uh, supplies at the beginning of the game, like I would never really get food because I'm like, I'll hunt for food. <laughs> but I was loading up on oxen and wheels yep. because yeah. every time I crossed a river, I lost half my oxen yep. and I would break a wheel. <laughs> and I would have to fix it and get some more. And then and all his family dies. Yeah. Was going back to your banners you were printing, was this the paper that it was like all perforated and stuck together? And then on the ends, it had like the strips with, yeah, the with holes little dots in it, in it yeah. that you always had to like fold and then rip off. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what I said when I said <laughs> I printed my banners on those sheets of paper that were stuck together. 
He just said it in a different way. <laughs> yeah, but, but yes, I described it more. You did. So how no, about but that's exactly what I was talking about. So how about this? Can you remember the days before cell phones? Which a lot of people can say yes, but now can so we can remember the days before how cell about this? phones. Can you remember high school without a cell phone? Yes. But now we can use them to their full potential without thinking, just like any millennial or or Gen Zer. Yeah, since that's the uh, the next generation after millennials. Or I've heard iGen, iGen, whatever. But um, well, how like, about this one? Because of like Apple, yeah. So like the little iGen. Uh, do you guys remember? Now, this is where I don't necessarily remember the first one. I remember my first one, but. Do you remember the first computer in your household? Yes. Was it a compact? Was it that one? No, we, had, we, had? A, we had a 486, I think, was our first computer. And again, it was back to the green screen kind mm-hmm. of computer. Um, and anytime you wanted to, like, the only thing I ever did on it was I wanted to play games, very simple games. And I would have to use command lines because there was no such thing as point and click. It was all, you just had to be like, backslash backslash run Oregon trail yeah now I don't remember mine but I remember my grandfather's because he had one in his room and it was it had like the green screen we'd always play golf on it they were just like the very very pixelated people and you would just hit this little square and it would go (laughs) then later on he actually got a better uh, or a new improved uh, computer and we still played golf but this time it had words that would come out and I'd always hit it and it'd go into like the rough and this guy would come on and he'd go that's in the deep stuff <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like fast stupid computer <laughs> but anyway so interesting note Gen Xers were already fully grown teens by the time that computers came uh, became like a normal household hold item and millennials can't even remember a time before computers. So if you can, are kind of in that area where you're like... You were young, but you, were you young can enough, remember getting one. Yeah, you can remember getting one. I mean, yeah, millennials are just like, yeah, I've, for all I've known, I've always had a computer. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I remember definitely not having computers in my household. And so the one that Alan's talking about is, yes, our second computer we got was like a compact computer. And that was the one that like had a four, what was it? Or maybe it's a two gigabyte hard drive or something like that. But whoa, we were just like <laughs> two gigs. There is no way we are ever going to fill this up. This computer, <laughs> we could put stuff on it for the rest of our lives and we'll never fill it up. But now we all know two gigs just ain't what it used to be. How about and, uh, I don't know if this is something you're going to mention, but the freaking square discs that you say. Oh, yeah, the floppy discs? Floppy discs, yeah. Yeah, you never touch the window. (laughs) Yeah. You never open up that little window. So do you remember remember the three and a half inch floppies? Yeah. Do you remember the five and a half inch floppies? I don't remember the bigger, more (laughs) floppier ones. Because in my head, it's always been like, in my head, I'm always like, why do they call these ones floppy discs when those ones are more floppy? I got a five-inch floppy, flaccid. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, these ones are pretty sturdy compared to those other five-inch ones. Yeah. Well, they were originally, yeah, they were actually floppy, but then they became not as floppy, but they still called them floppy. So how about this? Do you remember coming home from middle school, dropping your backpack on the floor or wherever you'd throw it, grabbing a quick snack, and then heading straight to the computer to hear those three wonderful words, 
you've got mail. I do. Mm-hmm. I never got mail. Because who's, who's going to be sending <laughs> email like at that age? Like, And it's just in its infancy. Like email was in its infancy. And it's like, who would be sending me mail? <laughs> but, you've got mail. But it's like, and then we... Uh, I, I just put it in here, just a side note, remember how long it took to dial up, which we now know because you played it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, I just remember. So, and then the funny thing is, is that was connected to our, you know, to your phone line. So if somebody like yeah. you're on the, you know, you're online or whatever, and then all of a sudden somebody picks up the phone and you're like, son of a God, <laughs> like disconnect. <laughs> oh. Or the flip side, you pick up the phone and you just hear that. <laughs> You're like, dang it. I was downloading a two kilobyte file. <laughs> now, yeah, back then, though, if you remember, that was the 56K modems were when you had America Online. And that was like the fastest internet. And people were like, oh, 56K. <laughs> so if a kid, If a millennial had to play on a, or how to use a 56K modem now, they would... Oh they my god. They would throw the computer oh. before it. <laughs> I want it now. I clicked on it like uh, 30 seconds ago. Yeah, cuz now it's like and it's still loading from the top down. Now, now we're like it's not gigabit speeds. That's <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, that's and true. And then like, like you can even get up to I've seen offers for 10 gigabit per second speeds. Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely like Young kids nowadays, and with Starlink, no there's no, there uh, would be no such thing as, as streaming anything, and then yeah, like for me, half the fun of going to a website was it was like playing the game of just like, guess what this picture is, because <laughs> it just like load like one little square like, and one little line at a time, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I hate to ask this next question <laughs> because I know the answer to it. But did you ever jump in and out of sketchy chat rooms? <laughs> I know Danny and I sure did. Trav and I may have had a fun <laughs> night or two with the sketchy chat rooms. <laughs> it's just weird. You like you go in and you're just like, all right, we're going to talk to some. I mean, this is the first time that anybody was ever really able to just talk to random people without having to actually face them. Or like, or know who they were, or know or like who they have were. A phone number or something. Like you could literally be anybody, and that's why it's so scary because you had a bunch of pervs on there. But you just you could go. I mean, they had chat rooms for everything. It was like the beginning of the gross world that we live in right now. But remember this movie. So leave it up to two like teenage boys who are just like barely learning this new world, and you know, you go on there, you're like, hmm, there's a chat room for hamburgers. There's a chat room for uh, robots. There's a chat room for ooh, lesbians. Let's go to Let's the go lesbians. to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and pretend that we're a, a lesbian. Oh, yeah. No, you can't go in there and not be a lesbian. Yeah. So <laughs> they, would, they would immediately know. <laughs> if you, well, that's the thing. If you, you, went, into the, if you went into the lesbian anything. chat room and your first thing was, Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> sup dudes. <laughs> but do you guys remember this movie? This was I for some reason I've always liked this movie. I thought it was an awesome movie. Is the net with Sandra yeah. Bullock? Yeah. I, I like she got that her movie. identity stolen. Yeah, 
Yeah, that I don't, was, yeah, I never saw it. I know what it is, but I never saw it. But that was supposed to be like so advanced too. Like, I know she was like a super computer hacker or whatever. Yeah. All right. So the next one here. Do you remember when MTV was just a channel that played nothing but music videos? Yes, I do. <laughs> Noth- none of this like TRL. Not- I mean, I don't even think they play music videos anymore. I remember when they started playing Radio Kill the... Or no, Video, video kill. kill the Radio. Just kidding. I don't really remember I mean, that because that was the year I, like before I was yeah, born. If you liked or wanted to see a video, you literally had to just turn it on and watch and watch and watch until finally it came on. Um, there was even like another TV Yeah, we talked, was, I talked about this not too long ago. I told my son Kai about it. But the box? The box. The box. That you, for $1.99, you could call into this number and request a music video. But the thing is, you still didn't know when your music nope. video was going to come up. <laughs> you had to just sit and wait for it. And you were just hoping. When it came on, you're like, I paid for that, paid for but there's probably really like 700 people that paid for that video to yeah. come on. Like, <laughs> so so cheap, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we had to sit there and wait for him. But then just as we started to hit puberty and we've already kind of mentioned a little bit about this, but the internet went into full force and all of a sudden we had endless access to all of these things that we previously didn't. The previous generations, you know, they couldn't comprehend it. And, of course, you know, the millennials have just always had internet. And so it's like we are, we're in a position, we were the first generation to be able to basically do a book report or a, uh, um, or a research paper. Mm-hmm. But we did it both ways. We used the card catalog. We went to the library. We used the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> we used the Britannica. The, yeah, Encyclopedia oh, Britannicas. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, you had those. Everybody had to have those in their house because... Actual encyclopedias, not Wikipedia. Yeah, no. How else would you know information? <laughs> but if you think about it, if you want to go back, if you really think about it, like think about being a teacher in the 70s and 80s. Like you would assign like a report on a certain subject to your students and you would probably get 30 papers that were like almost identical because everyone was getting their information from Encyclopedia Britannica basically. <laughs> yeah. That's why, I mean, you see in like TV shows and stuff like back like in the 90s, like you, they had like, I mean, <laughs> I remember, you, you, I don't think you could just go to like a store and buy encyclopedias. They had salesmen for that. Mm-hmm. They went door to door. Door to door salesmen for Encyclopedia Britannicas. Just like I've always been, I mean, they still have them today. They're a little bit more advanced or whatever, but still like vacuum salesmen. I'm like, <laughs> I was going to freaking Walmart and get a Dyson. So like, I don't need you coming to my door. Here's the kicker my parents never purchased us an Encyclopedia Britannica set. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm granted they were expensive. Yeah. Well, they were like 50 bucks a book. I went to Price Savers once when I was a kid. I was like 11 or 12. And they had this cheap knockoff version of Encyclopedia set for sale for like 40 bucks. And so I talked my dad into letting me purchase it on my own with the money that I earned working in my grandma's yard. Like, dad, please, I just I yearn for knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he let me buy it. But like, yeah, it was like this little set that i mean 
I'm showing these guys, but it's probably like from end to end, it was probably about two, two and a half feet. So a lot smaller than Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. So there's a lot less knowledge in there, but I just read through those and just soaked up everything I possibly could. Uh, Nerd. At an early age. Because <laughs> I only looked in those things if I needed to. <laughs> I need to do it for fun. Oh yeah. And these didn't come with color pictures. Every picture that there was in there was black and white. Oh, so those to me were basically just dictionaries. God forbid you could only afford one volume. (laughs) Wasn't that like again friends? That's again. (laughs) Yeah, I always bring up Joey and friends. (laughs) (laughs) You love. He can only afford to buy the V volume or something (laughs) like that of the encyclopedia. And yeah, so he wants like, to talk about, talking about. Are you talking about Vietnam? <laughs> Volcanoes? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's another V word? <laughs> Virginia? <laughs> so, I mean, we were the first in that category, but we were also the last group of people to have a childhood devoid of technology. Um, now, I mean, two year olds can operate a smartphone just as good as anybody. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, my kids, I mean, that's what they do. Like, I can't tell you how annoying it is. And, and it's my own damn fault, but your kids are bugging you. You're like, here, watch this screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And so then after that, it's like, dad, can I have your phone? Can I have your phone? Can I have your phone? I'm like, there is a television right there. <laughs> it's like, it's like a giant phone. It's like 50 of these <laughs> put together. And you want my phone. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but, so, so I found out a cheat code though on games on your phone. So any game that you want to like, you have to collect like a lot of coins or something like that to then be able to purchase uh, like enhancements in the game or something. Mm-hmm. I figured out the cheat code because I don't want to sit there and play mundane games just to finally get to like this coin count that I need to purchase something. So you teach your little ones how to play the game. They play it for hours on end and <laughs> then you just me coins. you just pop in there like a month later and you got so many coins that you can purchase anything you want in the game yeah we were also the last group of people to live life before things like sexting facebook shaming and constant communication um so for example for example and this is going to kind of lead into uh, my my next little portion here um, I think we've mentioned this before somewhere. I mean, I've talked about it a lot, at least we have, but you know, we were going to high school and I was waiting for you to guys to come pick me up from freaking my, from my house so that you could take me to school and you guys were always so damn slow. I seriously don't know what you guys did in the morning slept. I know you guys overslept all the time, but so I'm sitting here and every single morning i couldn't just like send you a text and be like hey where the hell are you (laughs) i had to pick up the phone and the whole time i'm just dialing and i'm like please don't be their dad (laughs) please don't be their dad and the only reason why is because i know he was annoyed at me every single time because i called every morning because you guys couldn't come pick me up on time so every time i'd be like hello i'd be like is Steve or Danny there? No. And then he's like, hold on. Because you know, I know he's pissed because he'd have to leave his room. No, he wasn't dressed. <laughs> he had to go get you guys. But because uh, you guys were all the way downstairs. And so that was the thing. Like 
everything was unknown. Um, it came back to bite me too a couple times because like Trav knows who this is. I don't need to name any names, but I was dating a girl in high school who lived about 3.2 miles away from my house at the time. Well, my car broke down like between my junior and senior year, I think. So I had a rollerblade everywhere because I couldn't afford to fix my car at that point. Mm. And so I remember (laughs) I would literally rollerblade the 3.2 miles and I just had a hope that she was home. That's right. Because I couldn't call or text her to find out. So I'm like, if she's not home, this is going to suck. Because then I got a rollerblade 3.2 miles back. Yep. So yes, it did suck. But I mean, we didn't know any different. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. But looking back on it, yeah, it sucked. Um, we used pay phones. We showed up at each other's houses without warning. We often spoke to our friends' parents before we got to speak to them. Uh, and we had to wait at least an hour to see any photos we had taken because you had to go get them developed. <laughs> uh, but for the group of kids, uh, just a little younger than us, the whole world changed. And that's not an exaggeration. In fact, it's very possible that you had a completely different childhood experience than a sibling just five years your junior, which is seriously like it's crazy. Because like my brother, he's five years younger than I am. Yeah. Well, that yeah, it's my sister. Yeah. Like, she had a very different childhood. Completely different. I did. From I mean, just things that I mean, it's not like they're morons, but they. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I guess my point is I'm saying like if we talk about, you know, encyclopedias, it's not like they're like, what? What's an encyclopedia? <laughs> you know, they they know what it's, it is. It's called Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they, they lived through a lot of the same stuff we did. It's just that they, it was just a different time. It, that's how quickly things changed. Um, how about this one? Do you guys know who Sean Parker is? Yep. Napster. Napster. Oh my no. goodness. The real guy who invented <laughs> Napster was Seth Green, Seth Green Seth character <laughs> from the Italian job. The Italian job, yeah. So we were in our late high school to early college years when this amazing thing happened. I mean, people who like Gen Xers, they, you know, had their cassettes and I mean they had CDs and and things like that, but all of a sudden, you could go online and you could just click on a freaking song and within seconds, it was on your hard drive and you could you could then burn them to CDs and it this was... It's not entirely true. What? <laughs> it did not take seconds. Oh, it did. It took minutes. No, I remember it took seconds for mine. Well, you must have. We had we had a fast. My stepfather at the time was a computer programmer, uh, so yeah, we had a fast connection. <laughs> and not only that, like you I'm never knew if the file entirely trans. But like, not only that, you never knew which files were actually like. That good. is true. You and had so you no might have clue. to download like several files because some of them would like come in and they'd be like quality. just the first like thirty seconds or something or like that terrible quality. Didn't matter. You got to download songs like real quick, and you could choose any song you wanted, and you would mm-hmm. have them. I mean, soon after Napster went down, then other things started popping up like LimeWire, BearShare, and all that type of stuff. But it all started with Napster. And eventually, I mean, think of how it has... now it's just Spotify. Yeah. Now everything, like, 
yeah. iMusic or whatever they they have. Apple Music. Apple Music. Yeah, we were we were the first to experience the beauty of sharing and downloading mass amounts of music faster than in this article, it says faster than you can say third eye blind, um, <laughs> which uh, made the adap- the adoption of MP3 players and music streaming apps perfectly natural. Uh, yet we still distinctly remember buying cassette singles, joining those, and I know you did this, joining those stupid scamtastic CD clubs <laughs> and recording songs on the tapes from the radio. Uh, the very nature of buying and listening to music changed completely within the fir- within the first twenty years of our lives. Like, I mean, I remember listening to vinyl and then yeah, to cassette. We had, we had big, like, my dad had like a bunch of vinyl records. Yeah. And then I remember getting our first CD player. I remember getting my first CD. It was freaking Salt and Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> mine, I think mine was the Michael Jackson's History album. Okay. I actually remember you having that. Yeah. So it was my like, very, it was a my double very first CD, CD album. CD was uh, Ace of Bass. I, I saw the sign. I'm sorry, but of all of our first CDs, mine was the best. Yeah, but that wasn't available to us back yeah. in those days. So we, <laughs> we did the best with what we had. I'll, I mean, at least I did. Ace I just, of base. I, I don't saw the sign. <laughs> it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Most of us. So, don't turn around. Most of us were able to escape high school and college before social media ruined everyone's privacy. Um, and, and I think that's why like a lot of times like we, like I feel immune to it. Like anything like cyberbullying or anything like that just seems stupid to me because I'm like, uh, turn it off or, you know, yeah, completely <laughs> ignore you because you're not a real person. <laughs> like I, I can't I don't see even you. know who you are. <laughs> I don't care. So I don't care. Yeah. Call me fat. Call me ugly. I don't whatever. Do you know how many times I've gone to bed and been like, Ricky Bobby 74936 is freaking making fun of me again? <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Talladega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but although we have escaped having social media, uh, you know, during what is probably the most vulnerable part of our lives, unlike Gen Xers, we, we were young and dumb enough to really get into MySpace and Facebook. So, like, even though it doesn't affect us, we still are a big part of Facebook. And I mean, MySpace was. This thing started in 2003. It's pretty much over in 2004 because that's when Facebook was available to at least college students. So, I mean, that was a quick-lived thing. But uh, So, I mean, no, MySpace was a little longer than that because it was around about the time my son was born in 2005 still. So it was probably like 2006. That well, I think that – well, that's why I said like 2004 was when Facebook came out to just college students. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. that big of a thing. So MySpace was still going. It's just – uh, about a year or so after Facebook was originally released, that's when everybody, I mean, I didn't have like a Facebook page until probably like 2007 because my wife wanted to put on there that we were in a relationship and I didn't have a Facebook page. So she created one for me. Yeah. So the one I have today was created by my wife or that's my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> Mine was created by a girl that I was dating at the time too. And then before that, when I was still dating my first son Kai's mom, she thought it would be, I don't know if it was her or like one of her friends, but they thought it'd be funny to create my MySpace profile and then put my sexual orientation as gay. (laughs) But I didn't even know this. I never really used it. So still to this day, I probably am gay (laughs) 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 on MySpace. (laughs) Not in real life. We need to just take that clip. (laughs) 
Alan. We just need to take that clip and just just use that we'll never, as like a trailer for this, this. This has got to be another lost week. episode. We can't release this episode. <laughs> oh no, we're releasing. It. But uh, anyway, so this this is the last thing I have to say um, about this whole subject, and then we'll we'll wrap up. But if you have listened to this and had incredible. Yeah, incredible nostalgic feelings. And if you've pretty much answered yes to all of the questions that I proposed, then you are one of the nameless. Um, so welcome, my friends. <laughs> there aren't too many of us. and it's a, it's a good club to be in. And although we may feel lost at times and that we don't belong, trust me, there really isn't a better generation to be a part of. Nobody else can say the same things that we can. We are literally walking two lines, and uh, so it's yeah, it's kind of weird. Because seriously, like I mean, no one else can say that. Probably to this day, I'm still gay on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it takes a it's sad now that view. I'm I'm getting to the point where like, man, I'm I'm hiring kids like high school kids at work, and I talk to them about you know. When they come in, I say, hey, what's your favorite movie, band, or whatever? And their movies are like, oh, Avengers Endgame. I'm like, that literally came out months ago. <laughs> like, not even not months. Even months. Like month last ago. month. <laughs> Have you seen a movie before that? <laughs> like, that is probably the last one you saw, so that's why you said it. And I'm like, let me tell you mine. Saving Private Ryan. 1998. What year were you born? 2002. Okay. I just... <laughs> It came out before you were born. That is super weird to me, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, we've we've been able to to live both lives, and it's it's actually a really cool feeling. But anyway, that's that. Though that is who the uh, the nameless generation is. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up here? No, I mean I thought that was fun fun conversation though. Just brought back some good old memories. Good old memories. So I'll just end by, you know, thanking every one of you for listening. Remember, go and comment. And please, uh, I mean, we like all the, all the reviews and everything, um, but we're trying to get our subscribers on YouTube up a little bit further to like yep. a thousand. So we have like <laughs> That's 980 or 977 left. So anybody can go and just, <laughs> just, just click. Just go and click subscribe. Um, Apparently, we're getting views, but we're not we getting, getting the views. subscribers. Yeah. And we're going to be putting a lot more videos on there, too. So it's just uh, as, as things develop and, and we're able to, to do more things, we'll, you'll, you'll see a lot more on there. But thanks again, guys. Um, don't forget to visit our social media pages at Q Code Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, uh, our podcast is anywhere that you listen to podcasts, which I think that's false, but uh, on the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Apple Play, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, but I think tune in. Even the smaller platforms typically pull from these larger pa- platforms. Yeah, so anyway, so. There are some we probably don't even know we're on. But yeah, but they're pulling our information on them. So. Of course, you can visit our website at uh, qcodepodcast.com and of course, we can uh, you know, just have conversations there, interact, and uh, just let us know if there's anything that you want to learn. But, all right. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.